Um, say good evening to your neighbor with a smile and ask them how was work today. I was traffic today. Getting better. Yes. Okay. Praise God. Um, as you know, if you've been um, following us for a while, um, we are in a series in our tribe sessions, which is our midweek service, which you are in, um, titled Biblical Bad Babes. Now, the idea behind this is every time we do character studies, we always look like at men, look at the great guys and the bad guys, the Davids, all the bad things he did and how God redeemed him and all that. And, and so we, 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 we said that we will... Um, for a change, look at the women, you know, and see the things they did and what we can learn from it. So, um, I assume we all have the outline. Does everybody have, have the outline? If you don't have the outline, I will to us and the ushers will get one to you. I don't have that. There's, there's a hand here. And please, can you kind of keep the hands up so that they can locate you? And, okay, thank you very much. And get the outline to you. Now, if you are new to Tribe, it's, it's a Bible study interactive session, and there are um, a few blank spaces, and we try to leave some spaces for you to take notes in the question area. I know the spaces are small, but if you try, you can um, um, put some things in there. And um, so, in part one, we looked at Rahab, um, and Rahab the prostitute, as the Bible puts it, even in the New Testament, and what God did through her and how God helped, helped her. In, in part two, we looked at Mrs. Lot and her daughters. Mrs. Lot and her daughters. And, and we, we had a good time, I mean, learning from them. Last week, part three, we looked at Sister Jezebel. <laughs> and Jezebel is... Is a major character in the Bible, and um, spirit, our spirits even went all the way to the New Testament to Revelations to cause commotion. Praise the Lord! <laughs> and um, um, this yesterday night, um, my wife was saying, "Oh, when we did Jezebel, you announced to the church that we're doing Jezebel. You didn't announce um, what we are treating." tomorrow. And I said, because I don't know. <laughs> you know, I don't announce what I don't know. Um, but today, I mean, I'm happy to tell you I know we are treating <laughs> And today we are looking at Sapphira. 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 Um, and next week, we will be looking at Delilah. That is, that is a hot one. <laughs> Delilah, every man that has a great destiny must be at that teaching. Praise the Lord. If your husband says he has a headache, please carry him and bring him to church. Anyway, today we are looking at Sapphira. 
Sapphira, um, in, in, in Rahab, we looked at, we, we usually will, I like to think through the whole teaching and come up with a topic sentence, you know, something that is, is memorable. For Rahab, what we said was, with God is not who you were that matters, it's who you are becoming. It's not where you are being, it's where you are going. With Mrs. Lot and her daughters, the topic sentence that we distilled down um, was that with God, your focus is more important than your current direction. Where your eyes are looking is more important than where your legs are going. And last week, when we looked at Jezebel, the um, topic sentence, if you will, was that the state of your heart determines the actions you take. Your decisions show us your heart, good or evil. Good or evil. And today, um, we, we have two, not just one. We have two. The first one is, to, to, to recap, the, to summarize the whole thing, is of teaching of today is that no matter how deceitful a heart is, it cannot deceive the Holy Spirit. No matter how deceitful a heart is, no matter how deceitful a person is, even if the person deceives himself or herself, the person cannot deceive the Holy Spirit. And, and you know, so if you have the notes, you put the Holy Spirit in the, in the dash that is there, um, if you are taking notes. And um, the second um, statement there is that every time you go against God, you lose. Every time. Every time you go against God, you lose. Every time anyone goes against God, the person loses. Ananias and Sephora lent the hard way. Every time you go against God, you lose. So to open the, um, this, this, this study, the discussion, we'll, we'll ask two questions. If, you, if you're familiar with the story of Ananias and Sapphira, we're going to read the story at the study. I mean, um, um, it, it's, you, you're able to understand where these questions are coming from. The first open question is, have you had a situation where you knew what God wanted from you but your logic presented you a better plan. How did that go? Does anybody want to share? Have you been in a situation? Well, most people have, have been, I have been, in a situation where the will of God for you is clear, but your logic tells you a better plan. This is life, you know? And so how did that go? Who wants to be vulnerable and share with us? Um, where, okay, there's a hand there, and anybody else? How you are, God's will and God's direction is clear, but your logic had a better plan. Yes, tell us. Praise the Lord. Good evening, all. Good evening. I was in school. Times like, especially exam periods, I know I'm supposed to be in church, then I'm thinking, oh, I have to cover all of this, then I decide not to go to church. The two hours or three hours service, I end up doing nothing at home. Even if I'm in the library, nothing right. till the end of service. That's when I start reading. Right. So if you had gone to church 
at least you have had fellowship and your mind will be focused. Did you hear what she said? She was kind of blood. It was time to go to church. She had, um, she says, these two hours I will have, I want to read. And she ended up going, staying at home and not doing anything tangible for that two hours. Okay. Thank you for sharing. Anybody else? Yes, please. For me, is tithing. Okay. End of the month when I'm supposed to pay my tithe, then I remember I need to buy something, or I need to do something, <laughs> or I need to fix something, and I, right. and I won't pay my tithe. I'm ashamed to pay that. I hope you are starting paying your tithe. <laughs> you know why? Because you know if if if, and then you keep struggling. You know, then then someone says if you don't tithe, things will be tight. You know. Then things continue to be tight. Then the enemy says, oh, you don't, you know, you can't really pay this tight. You know, do the math. 100% is not enough. How can 90% be enough? But what you don't know is that 10% with God's blessing is more than 100% without God's blessings. Praise the name of the Lord. Okay, thank you for um, sharing. Um, Let's take one more. Uh, Have you had uh, uh, God's will clear to you but your logic overtook you. And how did that go? Um, who wants to go? Is that hand going up? I can't, I'm not sure if that hand is going up. Can you wave it? If it's, if you are, okay. Thank you. Good evening, church. Good evening. Back in the days, I had this... Um, this babe that I was dating from UK, and one I planned to take, we wanted to take the relationship to marriage. Okay. And when I prayed about it, God told me very clearly that that girl is a no-go area. I should not go into it. Right. And when I look at the packaging and everything, I was like, I can't let it go. And <laughs> I started negotiating with, I started negotiating with God. Then at some point, I just decided to have my way. Okay, I invited her. She was coming to see me and everything. In fact, for the little time she spent with me, I was, she, I, I, was, I almost died. And I regretted every step I took. And I just right. thank God right. for everything. And thank I saw you. it so clear that this God spoke to me. Amen. I just, my logic or whatever. Took I over. Didn't want to the took packaging. Over. <laughs> it was very logical. It made sense. There's <laughs> a way that seems right unto a man. Uh, the, uh, the way of destruction. Thank God you are still alive. And you are married now. Praise God for that. <laughs> hmm. How does your relationship with your earthly father affects your relationship with your heavenly father. Was, was to share. I mean, many times as a pastor, I've had to, by God's grace, counsel people through seasons of their life where they are taking things out on God that, you know, when you drill down, it was actually because of their earthly father. And, and they cannot really embrace God's love. Does anybody want to, to share that? Okay. Yes, so we just take two. And we go on, yes. Good evening. Good evening. Um, 
I had um, this um, not a very good relationship with my dad back those days, you know. Um, I believe a father should be the one, you know, doing the caring and the covering for the children. But for us, it was just my mom alone that was doing it. So we didn't really feel it because she was covering up. But when she died, you know, everything was very open, right. you know. So we're just left alone by ourselves, you know. So when I gave my life to Christ, you know, I found it very difficult, you know, to have this, you know, they tell me, and when you go to God, take God as your father. Like, my own earthly father cannot cater for me. So, (laughs) the man that I cannot see, how will he, you know, do that? So, it took me um, many years, so many years, you know. I remember I I had to even come to Pastor Femi to talk to him about it, you know, a whole lot of counseling. And I was was able to come out of it and then forgive to um, keep going, yeah. Amen. I think we should clap for Jesus. Okay. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Mine is not my earthly father. Okay. But um, my husband. Okay. Yes. Um, my relationship with my husband and my relationship with God. Mm. It's only God that is helping me. <laughs> Just God and nothing but God. Because my husband will come in. At times when I'm praying in my room, he will come and start knocking, banking my door. Ah, ah, you want to break down the house? Say, ah, I am just praying. Say, your prayer is too much. How can you be praying this way? Do you think God is deaf and he cannot answer your prayers? Please. I don't want, even this you're speaking in tongue, it's giving me headache. What do you think you are talking? Ah. So it wow. gives me a lot of problems. But I thank God. It's only God that is seeing me through. Amen. Amen. Man, I know by the special grace of God, one day, testimony shall come forth in Jesus' Amen. <laughs> Amen. <clears throat> Keep trusting God for him, and the testimony will be permanent in Jesus' name. Um, the study and discussion questions. Let's read the book of Acts of the Apostles, chapter 4, from verse 32 to chapter 5, verse 11. It should come up on the screen. Acts 4, 32 to 5, 11. All the believers were united in heart and mind, and they felt that what they owned was not their own. So they shared everything they had. The apostles testified powerfully of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and God's great blessing was upon them all. There were no needy people among them because those who owned land and houses would sell them And bring the money to the apostles to give them to those in need. For instance, there was Joseph, the one the apostles nicknamed Barnabas, which means son of encouragement. He was from the tribe of Levi and came from the island of Cyprus. He sold a field he owned and brought the money to the apostles. But there was a certain 
man named Ananias, who with his wife, Sapphira, sold some property. He brought part of the money to the apostles, claiming it was the full amount. With his wife's consent, he kept the rest. Then Peter said, Ananias, why have you let Satan fill your heart? You lied to the Holy Spirit and you kept some of the money for yourself. The property was yours to sell or not to sell as you wished. And after selling it, the money was also yours to give away. How could you do a thing like this? You weren't lying to us, but to God. As soon as Ananias heard these words, he fell to the floor and died. Everyone who heard about it was terrified. Then some young men got up, wrapped him in a sheet, and took him out and buried him. Verse 7, about three hours later, his wife came in. Not knowing what had happened, Peter asked her, was this the price you and your husband received for your land? Yes, she replied. That was the price. And Peter said, how could the two of you even think of conspiring to test the spirit of the Lord like this? The young men who buried your husband are just outside the door, and they will carry you out too. Instantly, she fell to the floor and died. When the young men came in and saw that she was dead, they carried her out and buried her beside her husband. Great fear gripped the entire church and everyone else who heard what happened. The Lord bless the reading and the understanding of his word in Jesus' name. This passage of scriptures is one of those passages of scriptures that you read and, and, you, and, and you say to yourself, is this supposed to be in the Old Testament or the New Testament? <laughs> you know? And when we look at the issue of Ananias and Sapphira, you wonder, isn't God a God of mercy? Sapphira is where our focus will be today because we are looking at the babes. So like last week, we will not look at so much as, as we didn't look so much as, uh, on, on Ahab. And the week before, we didn't really drill down on Lot. And, and today, we are not really drilling down on Ananias. We are drilling down on Sapphira. The word Sapphira is from the word Sapphire, which is a beautiful gemstone. So Sapphira, a name, means a beautiful gemstone. In fact, Sapphire was used as one of the 12 precious stones set in the high priest's breastplate. You know, the high priest's breastplate has 12 stones. I think Sapphira is the fourth one on the second row on, on the, the, the names of the 12 tribes of Israel. So it was, it was beautiful. Sapphira, with, with all intents and purposes, going by her name, I'm going by the fact that 
um, she, she was married to a rich man, and rich men back in those days married only beautiful <laughs> babes. So Sapphira was a slick babe, if you will. She was slick, like the, like the stone, like the precious stone. And sometimes, you know, looking at that name and, and, and looking at the old acts, you know, why name her Sapphira? Or why did the old thing come out the way it, it came out? Was it the color of her eyes that the parents saw? Or, or was it the hardness of her heart, like a stone that they saw? Was it, was it a beauty? Or was it a sharp edges? What was it? But in this story, it, it appears to be a combination of, of the whole thing. And when you look at the story of Ananias and Sapphira, the issue was not money. The issue was honesty. The issue was not money. The issue was honesty. And honesty, someone says it's the best policy. But the truth is that honesty is not just the best policy. Honesty is the only policy. Everybody say honesty is the only policy. You know, many times people come to God and they lie. They come to God and they lie. And, I, and, I, and I'm like, why is this person lying? He just doesn't, why are you lying? But what I've learned is that there's no lie uh, that can work on the Holy Spirit. <laughs> it's, the Holy Spirit will, will, will cut through any lie, even if it is a connived conspiracy. So let's just dive straight into the questions. As we get into the study, how does the idea of believers pulling their resources for a common good strike you? How does it strike you? Is it, do you think it's a good idea or do you think it's a bad idea? I, 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 just, I just want to assume that's a no-brainer, but again, you never know. How does it strike you? We want to build schools, we want to have radio stations, we want to build facilities for the next generation, we want to build teenage church, we want to build children's church, we want to build ministry facilities. How does it strike you? Believers pulling resources together for a common good. Is it a good idea or a bad idea? Good idea or bad idea? Chorus answer. Good idea. Well, unfortunately, some people think it's a bad idea. You know, when we're uh, buying this land for the use of God's kingdom and to God's glory, some people were angry. They were angry with me. Why do you want to spend that money to buy land? Why do you want to expand the kingdom of God? Why do you want to build facilities through which people will give their life to Jesus? The last God of the service, a hundred and what? Ninety what? One, five, two. A hundred and fifty-two people gave their life to Jesus. I mean, that's, my, my question is, how much do you want to pay for that? How much is one soul? It's priceless. 
So while it, we assume it's a general concession not to have a problem with when you bring money together for a common good, but the truth is that some people, you know, were very angry with me. And guess what? I didn't give a damn. Praise the name of the Lord. <laughs> Question number two. If your church says everyone should empty their accounts, sell their properties, and bring the money to church, what will you do? Is that why you're coughing? You saw saw a heavy question. Cough entered. Okay. If if your church says, um, um, everyone should empty their accounts, both local and abroad, in all currencies, sell your properties, sell your cars, sell your houses, sell your lands, bring the money to church. We want to expand the kingdom of God. What will you do? Yeah, now. Yes, sir. Praise God. Hallelujah. Um, for me, I think I would have to ask the Holy Spirit to convince me first. <laughs> okay. You know, if, if he's actually say, telling the pastor to do that. If he's the one. I, yes. If, okay. if it's confirmed, I'll do it. Okay. Because I know he's going to provide. Okay. For now, me. in the yes, thank you very much for that. Um, thank you. In in the context of how church and money has been abused, it's probably wise to do that. You know, to check if it is if it is God. So, but what we are assuming is that a church that will say you should empty your account and it's not God, it's not a church. You should run away from that place. You should run. We pull your ears, like my grandmother would say, and run. But let's assume it's a church and it's the Holy Spirit. You've answered it. You will. You will do it. Okay. Anybody else? Will it be that easy? I mean, let's be real. How would you respond? Yes. But keep in mind what our brother said. is the Lord's direction. The church leadership is backed it up and they've placed the demand, what will you do? Pastor, I will give, but I will think about it very well. Because if I'm withdrawing all my accounts, selling my properties, my pastor must have earned that respect, so he must have really earned it. Because it will not be so easy, even with the confirmation of the Holy Spirit, to so, give it out. So what you are saying, in addition to what he has said, is that even after you are sure that it's the Holy Spirit, the man must have earned the respect. Yes, very well. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Anybody else? <clears throat> Anybody else? How, what would you do? Did someone raise their hand? I can't see any hand. What would you do? One more person, then we'll move on. What would you do? Okay. A hand in front. What would you do? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I've come to understand one thing that um, when God calls a man, oh. he makes provision for it. Oh. So if God really asks him, depending on what they want to do with the money, if it's oh. a project, oh. God must have had a way which he wants to execute that. Oh. At the other hand side, I'll still test it. Oh. If it's genuine, I'll do it. 
Okay. Praise the name of the Lord. Like, like, when we were moving from, and I was reading this, I just remember when we were moving from um, hotels, I wanted to buy this piece of property. The piece of property you are sitting on, by the grace of God, we paid $2 million for it. I'm just, I'm converting it to a number that we cannot relate to. Now, who, who are the people that paid it? Look around. Who are the people? So it means people must have done this thing in this Bible to make it happen. think God will not bless them. God is blessing them already. Praise the name of the Lord. That is how it works. Now, um, so the many things, I'm, I'm reading the book of Acts of Apostles, and I'm like, this is happening in God's very house by the grace of God. And we're grateful to God for that. Question number three, I know there are more people that want to get involved, but we need to go on. You get involved with next questions. Question number three, what do you think motivated Ananias and Sapphira to give their money to the apostles. What was the motivation, yes, please, of Ananias and Sapphira? Praise God. Um, probably um, they wanted to show off their wealth since um, Ananias was a wealthy man. Maybe they wanted to show off what they had. Right. They probably wanted to Show of their will. Thank you. Anybody else? Yes. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. The old um, church was gathering money and somebody else did that before they did. So it was like, oh, if this person is willing, let's do it now so that we won't look like <laughs> we don't have the interest of people, but let's just do it. Shall let people see us. That we, we are, are also here. Let's be recognized. In, yes. That kind of. Okay. That's a big problem in the church. I mean, generally. Um, okay, any other thoughts? Why do you think they, um, they gave? Those are very valid reasons from the, the scripture. And I think it basically encapsulates the whole thing of their motive. Their motive was, there's a problem with their motive. And God searches the heart. God searches the heart. Next question Why, that's question number four, right? Why do you think they kept some for themselves? Why do you think they kept some for themselves? Yes, sir. Well, I think they were not sure of the aftermath of giving all their resources. So they had to keep some just in case. Just in case. Yes. To pay student school fees. Yes, And yes. in case that... Uh, you need to, you know, just in, in case. Hmm. Wasn't that logical? Does that, doesn't that make sense? It does. What was the reward? Yeah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I think maybe they did not believe on the Holy Spirit. That is the provision of the Holy Spirit. They thought maybe if they give all, they might not receive from the Holy Spirit. They, they said, let God. us, yes, they, don't, they did not trust God. 
said, let us withdraw some. Let's keep this. Maybe now, in case. Now, I, I am not, I'm not saying, but I kind of think it was Safari's idea. <laughs> okay, woman, don't stone me. <laughs> it's the woman that always say, hey, 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 look at the bottom line. Oh. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. On the contrary, it could have been Ananias. Well. Because, um, you know, such a large sum. And um, back to um, number three, they could have actually intended to give all the money. But by the time the money came, they'd be like, wow, this hmm. money. So we'll actually give all this money. So, um, Those apostles say, what are they doing with uh-huh. this? What do they even need the money Who for? Who knows what, if you know, they are you know? building a house in their village? Uh-huh. Like that. So, so I could have been Ananias. And, um, <laughs> perhaps Safari wasn't um, a very strong... I, I agree with you. I agree with you, actually. Could have Ananias. Yes, so. because perhaps she wasn't too strong in her conviction. So right. maybe she wasn't able to convince him. Right. Okay, so, um, there's a hand there. Yeah. Um, praise the Lord. I think this is what happened. Maybe they had like 10 plots, and they wanted to give like um, maybe 20 million. But by the time we sold the plots, they got like 25 million. So they said, you know, ah. we'll keep the 5 million. <laughs> you see, do you hear what he said? Maybe um, they wanted to sell 10 plots, and their mind, they think it would be like 25 million. Then by the time they sold it, it was 100 million. And they're like, ah, all this money. You know, you know, like today's, okay, yeah. Why do you think they kept some for themselves? Yes. Obviously, they are, they're wealthy, they're a wealthy couple. Um, probably very good also with business and stuff. So maybe after they sold it, a business opportunity came up. And they <laughs> just said, okay, let's quickly take some out of this to plug in. When we get the returns, we can still give again. At least the need is still going to be there. It's going to be there. Yeah. You know? The church is not running anywhere. Let's see this opportunity. Probably. Yes. Why do you think? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. They kept some for themselves because the giving in the first place was not from the Holy Spirit. It was not from God. It was not, it, the motive was faulty. That's why. Because if God had asked them to do it, if they were doing it from a standpoint of, oh, go do this thing, they would, they would be reassured that God would provide some Absolutely. more. So it's from a place of, I want to belong. I want to be in this class. You know, to be Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, um, so because it wasn't, Spirit-led, it, there was no way it would have met the standard of the Holy Spirit. Now, today's devotional, how many people use the Fresh Fire devotional? Let me, let me see your hands up. I use the Fresh Fire devotional. Uh, uh, not everybody. I'm surprised. Okay. How many people don't use the Fresh Fire devotional? Let me see. I don't use the Fresh Fire devotional. Okay. Some people are not sure whether they do or not. <laughs> I guess because you are writing. You don't want to raise your hand. Today's devotional, I mean, if you read it, it's so in tandem with this. It says that we tend to think that we are owners when God has repeatedly made it clear 
to us that we are just managers. You know, we tend to think we are owners. The car you are driving, excuse me, it's not your own. He said, but pastor, it's in my name. God wants you to understand that it's his own. You are the manager. And it just sets you free, totally. Even the children you have, the, the, the cars you have, the, the money you have, you are the manager. That is all. The earth is still the Lord's. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. If you understand that, nobody can bamboozle you. Nobody can make you sell your birthright because of money. If you understand that, nobody can say, if you don't, if you don't do this, I won't give you this money. You, you laugh because you're like, the money belongs to my father. He just puts you as the manager. He says you are not managing it well. Let's ask him to redirect Number five, part of Sapphira's problem was keeping up with the Barnabases, or do we say the Joneses? <laughs> you know, because Barnabas did it, they wanted to keep up. How can we resist this evil desire, this evil drive to play me too? In both what we give and what we keep. How can we combat this evil desire of me too, you know? Your neighbor bought a new shirt. Ah, me too. I can buy that new shirt. How do we overcome it? Who wants to help us? It's one of the fastest things that destroy people's spiritual life. You know? Um, keeping up with the Joneses. Because you're not, you're not, you, you cannot keep up with the Holy Spirit and keep up with the Joneses at the same time. No, 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 no. One will consume you. If you keep up with the Holy Spirit, you will, you will discover that... You really don't care what the Joneses wear or what the Joneses have. If you, if you are obsessed with what people think about you, you will forget what God is saying about you. But if you are obsessed with what God is saying about you, you forget very quickly what people are saying about you. <laughs> That's how it works. Okay, I think I'll give you the answer. Okay, does everybody have anything to say? Yes. I think it has to do with contentment. When right. you are content with what you have, okay, um, you remain there. If you don't have that thing, then that means you don't really, you know, you don't really need it at that time. If, if it's time for you to get it, God will surely provide for you. So you shouldn't roll with what every Everybody person has. Everybody yes. is doing. Thank you. Yes. Yes. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I think at the end of the day, you can't really keep up with the Joneses. You can only try. <laughs> because... The more you try to keep up, the more they keep raising the bar. Uh-huh. And you just find out that you are chasing shadows. You are, you, are not, you are not focused on what you need to be focused on. Absolutely. Because you are thinking about, oh, this person has just bought that car. Let me go and buy it. And then you buy it. And then you look beside and you see someone has bought another car. And you can't keep up. So at the end of the day, it's just better we realize we cannot keep up and move down our own path. Because people are going through different paths. So we should not follow other people's paths when we're meant to be going the other way. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. You can't. It's an impossible task. You can't. You can't. Um, there was a man that, a child of God, the, his neighbor bought a new car. He went, all the money they didn't have, he bought the car. The neighbor bought a new yacht. 
he went, all the money he didn't have, he bought a yacht. Then the neighbor married a newer wife. <laughs> then he and his wife, they looked at themselves. What are we going to do that? The wife said, if you try, we're going to marry a new wife now. So because we are trying to keep up. <laughs> anyway, um, was there a hand there? No, okay. So we go to the, okay. Let's just take this. Then we go to the next question. Thank you. Good evening, everybody. Good evening. Regarding what we give in church, you know, um, you have to remember that what you have is different from what someone has. When you hear someone giving something like 20 million, and you be like, man, I don't have that much. But we should always remember the widow's might. The mm. widow gave what she had. Mm. You may not have 20 million, but give what you have, mm. and God will accept it. Amen. So, it, it's, it's like we say, it's, 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 not, it's not equal giving but equal sacrifices. It's not equal giving. So the value of what you give is determined by the value of what you have left. The value of what you give is determined by the value of what you have left. Somebody gave 20 million and still have whatever, and another person gives a little and that's all. The person that gave a little has given more. That was the essence of the widow's mind. Thank you. Question number six. What excuse do you suppose Ananias and Sephora gave each other to justify their scheme and trickery? What excuse? How did you think they talked themselves into this? You know, I mean, one or two people. Yes, there's a hand there. And there's a, there's a hand there. Good so, evening, church. Good evening. Um, I remember something you always say that... Um, you, yeah, when you are doing something bad, you always believe that everybody else is doing it. You'll now find out that you're, it will shock you to find out you're the only person doing it. I'm sure in their minds, when they found it difficult to give all the money, they were convinced that Barnabas must have kept some for himself. Exactly. Yeah. Ah, Barnabas, I am sure he kept some. So, I mean, that could have justified Absolutely. So many times when we want to do something, we convince ourselves, everybody, look at all of them. It's all of them that are, hey, pastor says that um, we should not, uh, what have you? God says that we should not steal. Like, let's take that for example. Look at all these people, they're wearing new, new dress. Everybody's doing it. It's a lie. But you do it, you discover you're the only one. <laughs> do it. Like Ananas and Sapphira discovered. Yes, we take the second one, then we move on to the next question. Yeah. I believe the babe told the, the husband, <laughs> um, you know, any man that is not able to take care of his family is worse than an unbeliever. Scriptures. So you need, to, you need to keep some money to be able to take care of me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Are you sure you'll be writing scripts for... Nollywood movies. <laughs> so, the, the lady quoted scriptures for the man to keep some money. Wow. Okay. Question number seven. Money itself wasn't the problem. Read Acts 5. Three to four. What key words appear on both verses? 
clearly pointing to their sin. Acts 5, 3 to 4 says, Then Peter said, Ananias, why have you let Satan fill your heart? You lied to the Holy Spirit and you kept some of the money for yourself. The property was yours to sell or not to sell as you wished. And after selling it, the money was yours to give away. How could you do a thing like this? You weren't lying to us, but to God. And that's sometimes, you might look at it and you say, ah, but it was Peter the Ananias was talking to. Sapphira was talking to Peter. And Peter was saying, you lied to the Holy Spirit. Is that, isn't that blasphemy? Is that blasphemy? Anyway, when we look at spiritual authority, maybe we will explain that, you know, how it is not. But let's focus on the question. Um, what was their sin? What was their sin? Lying. <clears throat> Lying. Lying. Lying was their sin. Okay. Question number eight. Have you ever planned to give a certain amount to the Lord's work? Then you lower the figure at the last minute. Did you have a valid reason? Or were you just lying to yourself? Anybody has anyone had that experience? You had to give an amount. Maybe you made up your mind, I'm going to sow this amount of money. Then it's time to sow it. You just doctor the figure. You lowered it. You know, how did that go? Anybody? We are real people here <laughs> in God's private house. Anybody who wants to be vulnerable and tell us, has that ever happened to you? Okay. You? Okay, cool. Praise, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. My own case was during the last God Do It Again service. Right. So the morning with me, I said, I'm going to empty my account because I'm expecting something just like sowing a seat. Right. So along the line, someone came to me and said, I need to sow amount. I said, mm, the money is no more my own, so you can take some, the remaining. Right. But I gave the leftover. Just that I didn't keep the whole thing I promised that I'm going to send away. Right. That's an, ex- that's, that's an excuse. Anybody else? That happens to us. Okay, let me, let me ask you. Who hasn't this ever happened to before? Let me see your hands up. I got you there, right? Below the belt. <laughs> so, the problem is not that it has happened to us before. The problem is that we are like, yeah, they will look at me and they will say that uh, I am not spiritual. <laughs> okay. <laughs> are you raising your hand? Praise the Lord. Yeah, hallelujah. When I was younger, we used to go to a really good church, but... We were forced to give, so to speak. Wow. There was like an unction always going on for something. So when I came to God's favorite, I was shocked that things were just happening and nobody was mentioning wow. what. So they would say, oh, something like this. Ten people to give a, a millionaire, stand up and let the church pray for you. Right. You know, so uh, yeah, definitely, okay, they, they will come down to 500,000. Right. And they would do it all the way to 2,000. Right. So, so that people would not say, ah. So you don't really want to give God any money. Right. Maybe when they get to like 10,000 or 50,000, I'll stand up. Exactly. So sometimes, I don't 
don't even have the money. But because I don't want to be ashamed, and people will say, oh, then I stand up. Then after church, reality sets in. Where do you get the money? <laughs> and I won't be able to pay, of course. I right. beg God, God, please, oh, I didn't have that money, you know. Uh, you know, I mean, by the grace of God, like, like she said, if there's something that, I mean, we keep hearing, you know, people say to me and say to us that, you don't, you're not always talking about money. That is, how are you able to? And again, the question is, God does it. We talk about money when we need to talk about money, but it's all about Jesus, not about money. Praise the name of the Lord. Absolutely. Like, like I mean, when we raised the first million, when we, we, we paid cash for the first million for this land, and a lady said to me, that, and I said we wanted to raise the second million. And he says to me, I've been coming to this church for six months. I've never heard you ask for money. How did you get this? How did you get a million dollars? How? In my mind, I'm like, okay, I'm supposed to tell you. And she goes, you don't want us to be blessed. Why are you not announcing it? I'm like, okay, fine. Now I'm announcing it. Bring the second million. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. You know, the, the point is this. It's all about Jesus. Okay, anybody else? Since it's all happened to all of us, and we've learned from this, I'm, I'm sure we'll be better people to the glory of God. Okay. There's a hand there. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Um, I'll, I'll give you an example of um, when we first started... Um, raising, planning for PTL. Right. Um, we, at the beginning of that year, Pastor, P- you took a class about saving, and I realized I've never Sorry, saved Sorry, PTL is possessing the land. For those that don't know, go on. Possessing the land. Uh, at the beginning of that year, you took a class, uh, you taught us about saving right. and all that, and uh, for the first time, I decided to save seriously right. and just keep a portion of my money consistently Right. And then in the middle of the year, towards uh, about the ninth or tenth month, we started this program, and it was like, the first thing I heard was, give everything you have saved thus far. Wow. And I looked at the account. It looked huge to me. Right. And it was like, no, I will give a portion. I will save a portion. I will keep this. I started doing some <laughs> calculations in my heart. I'm just being very sincere. Then right, at the end right. of the day, I gave the first portion, and fortunately for me, or unfortunately rather, then there was this, you cannot move more than this amount of money because it was a savings account. I couldn't move everything at once, so I had to be doing it in tranches, not more than 500000 so that they would not um, charge me for um, right. those cash, cash transactions that you pay a portion of. So right. it was very good um, excuse for me to hide under and continue my calculations. <laughs> And one night, I just woke up and I just realized, I said, sit down, calculate how much you have spent uh. over the last five years uh. and calculate how much, what fraction this amount is. And I couldn't sleep uh. and I couldn't, I don't know how to calculate all that. And I just couldn't sleep. And the next morning, I just had to say, okay, how else can I move this money? I just want everything <laughs> out of my account because I don't even want to, Calculate again. I just want to sleep. <laughs> and then they said, oh, we have an account in that bank. We have not been using it, so you can move everything. And I was so happy. That night I got home, I slept 
very well. So, so they gave you calculation exams <laughs> to be doing. <laughs> okay, thank you. Read um, 2 Corinthians 9, 6 to 9. And the question is, the next time you have an opportunity to give to the Lord, what biblical truth do you need to have clearly in your mind from this passage of scripture? And the scripture says, remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, a small harvest. But the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must each decide in your heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. So I'm here to tell you if they um, say that you want to give one million and you feel pressure, the Bible says don't, don't give. For God loves a person who gives how? Who gives cheerfully. So the question is, what should be in our mind when we are giving to the Lord? Two things. Number one, it is the amount of my seed, I'm answering it so we can move quickly, that will determine the amount of my harvest. It is the quality of my seed that will determine the quality of my harvest. Number two, as I'm doing it, I'm doing it cheerfully with a grateful heart to God because God loves me, a cheerful giver. Those are the two things that I must keep in my mind. If you sow small, small seed, Hey, you reap small, small harvest. But God is saying, keep this truth in your mind when you have the opportunity to give. Question number 10. If they truly needed the money they held back, what options did Ananias and Sapphira have instead of deception? Raise your hand if you want to answer the question. Yes? And in front. Yeah. Full disclosure. Full disclosure. <laughs> yeah. By full disclosure, you mean coming to Peter and saying, this is all we have. After that, we won't be able to pay rent to, then we join the needy that this this money. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. They would have told Peter, right. we sold our land at this rate, right. and this is what we are giving to the right. Lord. It's not everything. Right. This is a portion we are giving to the right. Lord. Don't lie. Praise the Lord. Right. And, and Peter can now say, that is not acceptable to God. You can carry everything and go. They would have died. They won't have died. What other options are available to them? The obvious option, which is the just shall live by faith. This is what we are giving. But let's, can you pray with us that heaven will open and we'll get a miracle? That is how it works. Praise the name of the Lord. 11. Read Acts. 5, 7 to 10. The question is, where is grace and forgiveness? Let's, let's read that 
scripture, then we'll, we'll go to the question. It says, about three hours later, his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. Peter asked her, was this the price you and your husband received for your land? Yes, she replied. That was the price. Peter said, how could the two of you even think of conspiring to test the spirit of the Lord like this? The young men who buried your husband are just outside the door. They will carry you out too. Instantly, she fell to the floor and died. And on and on and on. So, the question is this. Where is grace and forgiveness? Do you think Peter should have told Sapphira what had happened to her husband before she was asked the faithful question? Why or why not? Was Peter mean? Shouldn't Peter have said, hey, let me tell you now, your husband just died now for this same thing. Just say the truth so that you can live. Peter didn't. Peter just... Do you think... What do you think? Who wants to go? Do you think Peter should have told her what has just happened? Or do you think he shouldn't have? Yes, there's a hand behind you. And there's a, there's a hand. Yeah. Good evening, Pastor. Good evening. I think um, Peter, Peter is being led by the Holy Spirit. So, and he's speaking through the Spirit of God. I think anybody that's seen against Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit will decide what happens to them. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Acts 4.32 says, all the believers were united in heart and mind. So it's my assumption that Peter felt that they were all united in heart, in spirit. They were not supposed to be lying. They were supposed right. to be real people. Right, right, you right. Know? So it was expected of them to say the truth yes. when they were asked. I think that's the reason he didn't. Yeah. Okay, awesome. But if, if, you look at, if you look at verse 8, you know, you know, the way Peter phrased that question, you know, is an indication that she had to, he, gave, he actually gave her a chance. He said, is this the amount you really sold this? Ananias didn't get that chance. Ananias just spoke and fell and died. But Sapphira had a chance, which leads us to believe Chimese's theory. <laughs> that she was the mastermind of the conspiracy. I don't know. Peter did it. You know? When I think about a few things, you know, I, I, I say to myself, why do people lie to God? Why do you lie? I tell you, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm, sometimes I'm afraid for people. Why? Because sometimes people, people come to me and they lie. I look at them and I'm like, they're telling me something, I'm hearing another thing. I'm like, why are you lying? 
And some of them deny it. And, and, I'm, and, I'm, and I'm shaking. I'm, I'm literally shaking on the inside. You know why? You know why many people don't, never experience God's presence and power? You know why? You know why God stays away from certain people, certain group of people? You know why? Because if he stays close, he will kill you. Now, folks confuse the two testaments. They say, oh, that is the Old Testament God. I've, I've, I've been telling you consistently, it's the same God. So what has changed? What changed is the access to him. We come by a new and living way. Now, when we come to him and he comes down and he is upon us, he's the same person. If he was jealous then, he's jealous now. If he was holy then, he's holy now. If he was powerful then, still powerful. So, I, I mean, and, 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 and people just, infantry sometimes is scary. So, so scary. There was a day I was sleeping. So, um, uh, Saturday, Saturday morning. I was in between sleep and waking up. And I fell physically. God, I mean, maybe an angel, I don't know. Physically tapped me and woke me up. I woke up. I was like, God, what was that? What's going on? And he said to me, so and so is... In fact, the word he used, I consider the word vulgar. <laughs> you know when God talks at you, you, you think it's a vulgar word. For instance, people, they think, people think, why are we putting sex in church? Even right now. I say, uh-uh, what kind of church is this? <laughs> the, the, word, the word God used was a vulgar word. So I called the lady. And I said, this is what you are doing. And she denied. And she says, no. Then she painted one lovely picture of how she actually went there, but she never really committed the adultery or the fornication, how they did other things, but they never really committed adultery. And I said, okay, maybe that's what God, you know, with God, now even if you think about it, I mean, you know, that's what Jesus said. So I just said, that was it. And she cried and cried and cried. Spent three days in Pastor Yabami's house. They came together. Pastor Yabami said to me, oh, this girl is telling the truth. She's cried and cried and cried. Her eyes were almost coming out of her socket. And I said it was okay. So I turned to begin to work on my computer. And the Holy Spirit said to me, I told you something, and a man, a human being, tells you something, and you are going to believe a human being. So I called her. Thus says the Lord. <laughs> you will put me in trouble. <laughs> All the tears dried up. I was shocked. Then she now told the truth. I'm like, ah. It's not in my office, you will die. Now, let me tell you something. The way God works is that death has been activated. That's how it is. God wanted to teach the church 
because the church was just being birthed, a lesson. That was why I made it instant. But when you do it, death is activated. So I said, I, said, I, I can't remember if I said it out, but I said in my heart, it's not in my office you are going to die. Carry your wahala and go. God is God. When you come to God, he knows everything already. Don't you understand? What's the point of lying? What's the point of lying? Exodus 33, if you have time, read it. God said to to the children of Israel, Moses said, God said, I won't go with you. If you want to go, I will give you the land. Every promise I've made to Abraham, I'm going to fulfill. The land flowing with Michaloni. Houses you did not build. Vineyards you did not plant. Go in and possess it. I'm, not, I'm going to send an angel to go with you. But I'm not going to go with you. Moses says, ah, God, please go with us. If you don't go with us, you know, and, and pleaded with God. God says, no, I can't go with them. Because this, they are stiff-necked people. If I go with them, I will, I will break their neck. And many of us, the reason you can't sustain a walk with God is that you are too stubborn. And because God loves you, he really loves you, so he just stays away from you. Why? Because if he comes really close, he will break your neck. I don't want God to stay away from me. I want God really close. I don't even want God really close. Praise the name of the Lord. I want God really close. Totally close. In Acts 5, 7 to 10, okay, we read that. In Acts 5, 5 and 11, how does fear come into play in our relationship with God, our loving Father? Let's read Acts 5, 5 and 11. Acts 5, 5 and 11 says, As soon as Ananias heard these words, he fell to the floor and died. Everyone who heard about it, they were terrified. Fear gripped them. Verse 11, great fear gripped the entire church and everyone else who heard what had happened. So the question is, how does fear come into play in our relationship with God, our loving Father? How? I think we answered that last week. Do you remember? You see, when it comes to God, there are two types of fear that you must have. There's one that is a reverential fear that if a son loves his father, reverences his father, you can roll on his lap, you can pull his ears, rub his head, it's your father. You must also have the terrifying fear of God, the terrible fear. You must have the two. If you have only the reverential fear, you will hear things like, oh, it's okay, Grace is fine, forgiveness, not knowing that you are destroying yourself. If you have only the terrifying fear, you will just be afraid of God. You don't want to come close to God. But God wants you to have the two. You will know, you should know when to love, when to hold on, and you should know when to, to respect yourself. Even with your earthly father, with my father, for instance, I mean, there's a way he changes his voice that everybody just becomes very gentle. But the, the following day, we are still running up and down with it. With your children, it's the same thing. You give them one look. 
It doesn't mean they won't come back and say, Daddy, Daddy, Mommy, Mommy, the following day. That is how it is. But when we have children that just, they don't want to, they don't want to consider God that disciplines. They don't want to consider God that is a consuming fire. All they want is the, a houseboy that will say, I, I need that. I bring it in Jesus' name. I need that promotion. Bring it. I need that car. Bring it. I need. God is not your houseboy. Do I get an amen? Question number 13. From Rahab to Mrs. Lot and her daughters to Jezebel to Sapphira, how important was the roles of the men in the lives of these biblical bad babes? All of them had men in action. How crucial was the role of the men? <laughs> okay, yes. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. All the men were really weak. They were and weak. They were quite stupid. Sorry. Stupid. God. <laughs> Who are you apologizing to? Is it to Safara or to Lot? <laughs> Because if your wife, you know, like Sky said, if I want to believe that they are really conniving outside the land they sold, they've been doing it and getting away with, with it. That's what I personally believe. Because if you truly fear God, right. you will just give everything. Even if your wife suggests it to you, you are the man. Absolutely. You, 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 your wife should even respect you so much as to suggest it, which means she's been suggesting and you've been taking the suggestion. Absolutely. So don't come and form. The wife is the bad baby. You're also the very bad man. <laughs> That's one. Then the men were not. So I, in this teaching, I've been telling young women, you need to really watch the man you marry. The man oh. that, you can, that can't tell you what to do oh. and you can't listen to. Oh. And he just takes all your suggestions and you're saying he loves you. He doesn't love you. He's destroying you. Absolutely. So gradually, death will be the result. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, there's no apology. They were foolish men. Um, Question number 14. Should Sapphira have betrayed her sweetheart? (laughs) What we say in this house is should remain here. Have you heard that before? Who are you loyal to? Peter or to me? Do you want to marry Peter? Have you heard that before? Should, where should Sapphira's loyalty be? God. Why would Peter stand and say that they are lying to God? Was it God they were talking to or Peter? Now, women, you have a duty to yourself and to your children to stand for God, even if your husband is behaving like a vagabond. You have a duty to yourself and to your children and to your God to stand 
for God. And stand for the truth, even if your husband is behaving like a vagabond. It's not betrayal. Ask um, Abigail. David was going to wipe out Nabal with one sweep of the sword. Abigail went to David and said, he's a foolish man. I don't know why I married him, but I've entered it. <laughs> you are a great man. Don't, don't reduce him to, don't let him reduce you to his level. Was that a statement of betrayal? Can somebody just comment on that? Can you please give her the mic? Give Biso the mic, but Biso, wait. Give her the mic. Bring the mic. Come, come, come. I'll tell you who to give to. I heard you talking. You must talk inside the mic today. Yeah, give her the mic. Uh, Yes. In front of you. In front. The next row. The row in front. The second person. Yes. Uh Statement of facts. Pardon me? Statement of facts. The statement of facts. Yeah, that's the truth. Like, Abigail's husband was not up to it. A foolish man is a foolish man. So, yeah. I look at it this way. I'm a strong believer in um, loyalty. So, Abigail's husband, clearly foolish man. But um, the statement depicts betrayal to me. But Abigail saw the bigger picture. Clearly, she needed to save, you know, her lineage, her children, and whatnot. So, yes, to me, betrayal, but she was doing the noble thing. She was doing the, the um, uh, uh, life-saving Bisola, thing. It is, not be- <clears throat> it is not betrayal. <laughs> it is not betrayal. Sapphira, it is not betrayal. No, no, I'm talking of um, Abigail. It's the, two, it's the same. Sapphira should have, should have stood and spoke the truth. Oh, no, no, sir. In the Sapphira context, totally, she should have spoken the truth. What's the difference? But I'm, re- I'm relating it to the husband-wife situation. Abigail telling David that her husband is a fool. No, no, no. What is, there's no difference. There's no difference. Sapphira had a chance to speak the truth. Without a doubt, I agree. The truth Ab- was important. And Abigail also had a chance to speak the truth. One did, one did not. Okay. The one that did preserved her life and preserved the life of her children. Okay. And her generation. The one that did not died with the foolish man. In the Sapphira context, the truth was was um is the same was necessary is <laughs> <laughs> the same right. totally but i see where what you are struggling with yes, and, and and it's, and i understand it and and that's what a lot of women struggle with to the detriment of their own life i i don't think god has called you to do that i have a wife too by the way and she's here in service so i'm not saying do you understand good yes sir but to use two words, I'll just describe what um, Abigail did as what they call tough love. Tough love. It's, it, what has to be done has to be done. But the truth is the truth. There's no calling. There's blood, nothing you can do about it. 
Thank you, sir. <laughs> um, ah. Okay, you seem to be enjoying the class. So why should I be in a hurry? Well, you guys are not in a hurry. Yes, take that. You take, um, is the hand? Is that answer there? Was the hand right at the back? Is this still up? Okay. Uh, Praise yes. God. Hallelujah. Case of Safira and um, the husband, I would like to liken it to what is obtainable in this um, in in today's church. There are a lot of people that want to put up with a kind of we are together, we are one, mm. and when. A husband is doing something terrible. Mm. You sit on it. Mm. You cover it mm. up. But at the end of the day, mm. it, will, it will negatively affect you, Absolutely. your family, your children. Absolutely. So trying to show up, trying to show people that everything is in order. Because in this case, the woman may not have agreed, might not have agreed with him. But he, she wanted to show them that they are together, that they are speaking one voice. Right. So sometimes, if the man you know, you are convinced that the man is in the wrong, right. you should stand on but the right. And align, align with the truth. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you. Yes, we take that, then we take Praise Pastor Dami, and we take that, and we are done. I, yes. I actually believe Abigail did the right thing. Okay. I think she did the right thing. She saved her whole family. Right. where I come from, which is bigger than her husband. Right. Okay. I struggle with Sapphira because I, I think that while um, her husband did it with her consent, did not necessarily say that he, I mean, she drove those lines, right? Right. So I think she ought to have stood, I mean, when her husband's, um, his, his path, you know, crosses the, the line, she's got to be able to stand. And our wives should do that. Right. You know, not stand in public, but tell us, even as we have those discussions Absolutely. in our bedrooms, and in our homes, tell Absolutely. us that, no, this crosses this line. It's and have that discussion. Absolutely. And, and, and you would know that you do not have her consent. Absolutely. Okay, so when she steps out to save the family, she's saving the family, not just you. Absolutely. The family is bigger than you. I, I think that's a great thing. But that's in this case... She didn't. Sapphira didn't. You know, she gave the consent and she continued. She should have stood there and said, no, Ananias, you can't do this you because of this, this and this. And then go forth to also say that in, in, in the public, in, in church. That, if Ananias yeah. insists. Yeah. Now, in the case where they both connived and, and, and Ananias was out of the way and she didn't know. And she had a chance to speak the truth. You know, yes, she, she, they connived, which means that she didn't do what, you, what she should have done as a wife. Because what's the, what's the value of having a wife that cannot tell you the truth? There's no value. Zero value. Now, so she should have done it in the house. And if he insists and the robber missed the road, like the case of Peter, he should have done it, she should have done it publicly. Now, obviously she didn't do it, they connived. But now she had a chance in public. She still lied. That is gross foolishness, <laughs> if you will. Thank you, sir. Yes. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I just remember the story that you shared. 
I wanted to sh share it again for some people to rem remember the story. It was about a couple that you were counseling. Um, they were about to get married, and the wife said, oh, she'll do anything. She's going to be completely submitted to her husband, right. and she'll do anything he tells her to do. And you, you questioned um, the lady, and she said, you, you said anything, and she said yes. And you mentioned that um, you asked her if your husband says you should poison his mother, would you do it? And you said she, you know, she was like, eh, he's But you mine. were there now. We're casting them together. Yes. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm, trying to, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to remind you. So why are you saying you <laughs> I'm trying to remind the church of when you shared the Okay, example. yes, That's yes, why. yes, yes. So, okay, okay so, yeah, go on. Um, she, now, she now said that he's my husband. I should do it. And you're like, so if he says you should poison his mother, would you do it? And the husband-to-be was, no, you know, it's not to that extent. Which means he was, he's, he's looking for I a partner. I don't believe that guy that day. <laughs> I don't, I don't believe, I do believe the guy. <laughs> okay, okay. Let's, let's, let's take him out, his, his own, um, right. out. But really, there are certain things that your husband or needs you to deliver them from. Absolutely. When they take certain drastic decisions, they can have consequences on you, even in their absence. Right. They expect that you have the presence of mind, the helpmate mentality that we are from God to help them and be delivered from the situation or any consequences of those decisions. Right. Praise God. Hallelujah. Absolutely. Um, so I think there was a... Was your hand up? No. Okay, fine. So, um, let's draw the curtain here. I'm sorry. Um, next week, Delilah. <laughs> now, next question. What is the most important lesson you've learned from the story of the slick but sly sapphire? I think we've said it all in different ways. Okay, let's go to commit. Commit. We must commit never to play games with God. We must commit that we will never play games with God. Is there anything you own that you know that you should release for the Lord's work? Commit to let it go. So in our commit, we've left a blank space there. We are going to commit, we are going to say, Father... I know you love me. Today, I commit never to play games with the Holy Spirit. Write it down. Write it down in the space provided. Write it with your handwriting. Father, I know you love me. Today, I commit never to play games with the Holy Spirit. Like we usually will round up. Today we have heard the word. We have committed to act on it. How will you pass it on? Do you believe that what you have heard today? Do you believe that more people should hear it? Let me see your hands up. I believe more people should hear this. Awesome. So put on their hand. How, how do I get it out? How do I get more people to hear it? I want to think about it and act on it. Let's bow down our hearts. As we bow down our heads. I want us to just talk to God. There may be stories, I mean, issues of where you, those of us that are ladies, you find yourself in a tight place where 
your husband is not he's making not too good decisions why don't you ask God for grace and the wisdom and the love to tell him and to set him straight whatever happens why don't you resolve that you will stand for truth for those of us that are men let's just talk to God that we will be great men representing God we will not be like Ahab. We will not be like Lot. We will not be like Ananias in this story. You may be here, you are saying, Father, I don't even know you. I used to know you. I'm backsliding. I've gone back. How do I come back to you? You want to give your life to Jesus? Or you want to come back to God? Put up your hand quickly and we'll, I will pray together wherever you are sitting. You don't need to come forward. They are saying, Pastor, pray with me. I want to come to God. I want to come to Jesus. I, I, I want to come back to God. I used to be saved by backsliding. I want to come back to God. Put up that hand. I will pray together. You are putting it up. Put it up over your head. Not on your head. Over your head. I will pray together. If you are online, the instructions are scrolling. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, for so much to learn from the life of Safar so much. The grace, Lord, to be doers of your word given to us. Honor and glory we give unto you. In Jesus' mighty name, we are praying. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you for listening to this. I want to encourage you to share this resource with your family and friends. God bless you. Take